Nicholas and Amanda Bayerly met as teen missionaries and not only developed a heart for serving, but also for each other. By the time most of their friends were headed off to college, Nicholas and Amanda were married and chasing a big dream. They've turned their passion into a highly successful business helping men get healthy inside and out. And now they're here to share some of their story. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Welcome, Welcome to episode 120 of Legendary hey, Marriage Podcast. Buy me a Coke. Coke? I don't know. Isn't that what you say? Jinx, buy me a Coke? I don't know. I don't that's, know. That's not going to work. Is we that didn't. slug bug? Don't you punch the other person until they stop? I, I don't know. This is, right. I don't like where this is going. All right. So welcome to Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Welcome to the show. Hey. Our, yeah. So here we are. We've got Nicholas and Amanda barely on the show today, and they are big dreamers. Yes. And you know what? You really stretched me in my dreaming bone when we got married. I'll stretch your dreaming bone. <laughs> That you're right up for that one. But I mean, like when we bought a house, first of all, we walked into this cute little house and I walked in and I was like, oh, it's so cozy and cute. And like the the kitchen didn't even have a spot to put a table, but somehow I thought that was okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I think it had like a half a living room. And I was like, oh, honey, it's so cute. And you're like... And the basement smelled like cat pee. And and you're like, we're going to blow out all these walls. We're going to put up new... We're going to strip this place new- to the studs. Replace the <laughs> the giant furnace that was just like the one from A Christmas Story. <laughs> Where the, the dad plumbing, always has to... The electrical. The dad always has to swear at it. Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty good, honey. Thank you. Um, but you did stretch my dreaming bone because <laughs> I was not a dreamer. And yeah. you got me to dream, honey. So thank you for getting me to dream. Yeah. And you're still stretching me. Hey, yeah. let's start our own business. Hey, let's uh, buy an RV and travel the U.S. Hey, Justin, you're a dreamer. I am. And you're not the only one. Nah. Yes. Okay. Well, so today on the show, we have... Yeah, why are we talking about this? Because today on the show, we have Nicholas and Amanda Barely. Yes. And one of the reasons they met was because Amanda posted a crazy Facebook post about a huge dream that she had, and Nicholas was like... I need to key into more of that. I'm in. All right. So this is a crazy story. Lots of ups and downs. Hey, let's just get right to it with Nicholas and Amanda Barely. You guys, we are so excited to have Nicholas and Amanda Barely on the podcast today. Justin um, actually had the huge blessing of hearing them speak at Funnel Hacker Live a few weeks back. I got to sit there and, and, you know, I loved a couple things about what you two did. It was first just the the dynamic that you have uh, was just so 
sweet and real and just dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I love the message that you guys shared. And it was in a business context. Like you're talking about turning your mess into your message. And there was this underlying thing about like, you know, really screw shame and, and let, let the mess uh, inspire and catalyze you to do something new, do something bigger, do something better. And that's, that's a lot of what we talk about on the podcast, in our, in our, in our coaching. And uh, yeah, because everybody's got some mess going on. Every, they may, yeah, every they may, couple they may try to hide on, it, sure. may not be so successfully, but you, they are the power couple behind Billion Dollar Body, Billion Dollar Brotherhood, and they put on these live events like BD Live, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But you guys, we're so glad to have you on the show. Oh, thank you guys so much for having us. We're excited. Like, it's like four of us, you know, it's like, yes. this is, you don't see this, you know, we're, often. We're on a yes. double date, y'all. Everybody yes. can be jealous. We're on a double date. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, I think it's really cool to create this space as well, where people can really dive into topics like this. And, and thank you guys for creating a space for people to be able to learn. Because just as you said, there's many people out there that are faking their life. And I didn't have the benefit of that because my first big struggle that I had was extremely public. I was very overweight. And so everyone could see right through me and see that I had an issue with something. Yet most people think that people that are just fit don't have any issues because the issues they have can be hidden behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. And that could be even uglier. Cause it can like fester and nobody knows about it and it's in the dark and, oh, it can get even worse. Now I'm I'm curious, Nicholas, were you always like back to your childhood? Were you an overweight kid? Did you struggle with that from the very beginning? Not at all. And that's why I always tell people, people say, well, no wonder you lost weight. You were so young. I go, don't forget that. I also got fat when I was young and supposed to have a good metabolism too. Okay. So I, I was pretty fit growing up, but it wasn't until that time when I had that conversation with my father that I talked about at Funnel Hacking Live. That Ooh, share that he, share that with us. What was the yeah, conversation so, with your dad? So I remember telling my dad that I always wanted his approval. And this is common for a lot of our guys. And really deep down, it should be common for most kids. It's the person they look up to the most, their number one mentor, and who wouldn't want to be accepted by that. And so I remember even riding my motorcycle when I was five, six years old, and I would picture my dad seeing me. If I could see him off in the distance, I always thought, maybe he's looking at me. And if I could just ride, push myself hard enough, then he'll see me. And if he sees me, then he'll accept me and he'll want to buy me things and like push me to the next level and whatever. And so I remember at 13 years old, it was like my final string of this, like the last strand. I thought maybe if I go all in and I want to be the best motocross racer in the world, then that's what he's actually looking for. He's looking for me to really go all in. This is the last thing I could do. So I remember mustering up all the strength to go to my dad and tell him that I'm going to be the best motocross racer in the world. We're going to get a tutor. We're going to travel around the world and I'm going to go all in. And so I remember stopping him, walking into our garage right before he walked out of the backside of our house to go smoke a cigarette, which is where we'd always like hang out. And I got lots of secondhand smoke. Sorry, dad. And I remember remember sitting there and, and being like, okay, here we go. Dad, I'm going to be the best motocross racer in the world. I'm ready to go all in. We're going to get a tutor. Tell, told him all the things that I thought he wanted me to say based on what other kids were doing. And I remember him turning around and he looked at me and he said, Nicholas, you'll never be the best. And it crushed me. That was like that last strand where I went from the fit kid that had one dream and one goal in life to having it all get crushed to the point where I went into high school. I graduated the 1.8 GPA. 
I gained 60 pounds throughout that entire time. And I also didn't have a girlfriend for that, that entire time through high school and just locked myself in a house. And during the summer times of actual being out of school, I would play video games for 18 hours a day, 20 hours a day. Sometimes I'd just stay up for three days straight. I wasn't taking showers for two weeks at a time. Really bad stuff. So very depressed. Pretty much my life was ended at that time. And I didn't have that mentor in my life anymore. I didn't talk to my dad for about three and a half years. After that moment. So you're still living under his same roof and you're not talking to him for three years. No, I went and moved in with my mom. Uh, They broke up when I was four and I just consistently did everything I could to only be at her house. So I just spent all my time living at my mom's house instead of my dad's. Mm. Now, are y'all on speaking terms now? Have you guys ever like healed back together? Absolutely. So I, my life transformed when I was 18. And really something that helped me a lot was having my driver's license. It took me actually getting fit to get it. I waited an extra year and a half to get a driver's license because I didn't want to actually leave my house. And so it was a big journey and big struggle. But when I had the freedom to leave in my car, I knew that if I got into a bad situation with my father, I could always jump in my car and leave. And that's what really made me feel like I had the freedom to finally make my own choices. And ultimately, if it wasn't for getting fit, I would have never got my license, never connected with my dad, never met Amanda, never started a business. And that's why we have such a big emphasis for men. The only way that they can truly walk in power and confidence is if they're three-dimensional, which for us is health, wealth, and relationships. The only way for them to truly walk in their purpose is if they're prospering in those three areas. Mm. Man, I I just like that story tracks so, so similarly for me in a lot of ways. And I'm curious about that, the mindset shift or the, the switch that goes off. Um, like in that moment you, where you're said 60 pounds overweight and, and depressed and everything. And like something switches and, and then you, you started on this new trajectory and I'm curious what that switch really was. Yeah, I'm pretty curious as well. We try to help those guys make that switch. Uh, but truly, it was finally after being made fun of for so long, I always felt like I was born for a reason, born for a purpose, that I was meant to do something big. I mean, I wanted to be the best motocross racer in the world. And that didn't just go away. I just transmuted that somewhere else and just kind of buried it down deep and had so many insecurities that it kept me from being able to see the vision of my future. I was seeing my future through the lens that I was living then. And I remember waking up one day and going to school and I met this kid who was a boxer and he pulled out a bag of fruit and it was just a big enough switch. Like it was just that right moment where I was so sick and tired of where I was at, wearing the same sweatshirt every single day, getting made fun of every single day, feeling the insecurities of being self-conscious every day that I finally asked him, why'd you bring that bag of fruit? And he said, I have a meal plan for my boxing coach so I can weigh in at the correct weight and, and be at the highest performance for my fight. And I thought that's all I needed. I needed the correct plan. I already wanted to be fit. No one wants to be overweight, but I didn't know the correct plan that I had confidence in that if I took action, I'd get the result that I wanted. So I took his plan. I applied it. And in two weeks, I lost 11 pounds. And in just six months, I lost the 60 pounds. And I remember just that two weeks really was the thing that just validated it for me. That's when I thought, I'm badass. I'm looking good. This is amazing. And so it was first having that epiphany, that moment of transition where I thought like it works for him, it can work for me. And then when I applied it and got a result, that's when it was game on. But still, I didn't even go to the gym then. I still had struggled with so many insecurities that Amanda got to see as well throughout our relationship. And that I got to see with her when she had her epiphany of of becoming fit as well and losing 20 pounds and becoming her best self. 
I, I didn't go to the gym for two years after I lost weight because I was too scared to go to the gym. I thought you had to be fit to go to the gym. I thought if, if I was going to go to the gym, I need to be the gym fit. can be very intimidating. Like, oh, yeah. wasn't it for, for you too? Yeah, it can be. Scary. No, the gym was never intimidating for me. I grew up going to the gym. Oh, but you did? I, I, my problem was the eating. So I grew up in Ohio. And so like I lived off fast food. Like that's, oh, yeah. I ate fast food every day. I didn't yeah. know that it was. Okay. Do you know Justin and I are from Ohio too? Yeah, we're oh, both no. born and raised in Toledo. Yeah, so we're we're in Austin, Texas now. But where are you from? Um, I'm I grew up in Columbus, right? Like yeah. ten oh, minutes okay. away from uh, the university, yeah. Ohio State. So yes, yeah. oh yes, very big on the fast food. I don't know. We never had a Whole Foods or anything like that for like a long time. Like it was. Yeah. We, we, we come from this shared background of like you know the definition of salad can include pasta mayonnaise pasta mayonnaise yeah. and oh, like yeah. meat and that's a salad <laughs> yeah. so yeah exactly so the first time nicholas visited me in ohio so we are like we got married very young 18 20 years old so when i was 17 and graduating high school um, my parents flew him out for my graduation and he literally came to our house and he was like i can't eat anything here because he obviously lost all this weight. And he's like, I need to eat healthy now. And my entire house was like filled with just a bunch of junk food. And you were like, you told me later, like you had nothing to eat at your house. That was healthy. I didn't know what to do. I basically starved myself until I finally had to eat. Did you pick like the raisins out of the raisin brand or something? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. I I would just eat minimally. And and I I wasn't even that educated at the time, but I did know that I wanted to limit uh, limit my intake of bad foods. And it's so interesting that even today, inside of relationships, inside of fitness, inside of business, that typically the people that know all the stuff to do aren't always the people that are getting results. One of my good friends, Alex Ramosi, also is a great power couple. Lives in Austin. Yeah, lives in Austin. Did $50 million in 20 months in his business from zero to to 20 months to 50 million. And I remember one day, he's so jacked, like he's so fit and everything. And I'm like, what do you do? Like, what's your workout routine? Like he must be really educated. Yeah. And he told me, well, I don't have one. I just work out every part of my body every single day. That's it. And he's just shredded. And I just thought that's so interesting that I lost 60 pounds knowing nothing. I just ate less potato skins and less mini corn dogs. I, I still ate them. I didn't know any, like I had nothing else to eat, no other materials. I just ate a little bit more fruit because I saw that and ate a little bit less of the other stuff. And I was able to go out there and lose 60 pounds. While there's people out there that are way smarter than I am today that still cannot get the result. And the reason why is because it's not just the education that's the big deal. I wasn't, I wasn't missing education this entire time. In your relationship, like power couple, everyone knows that they should communicate more, mm-hmm. but they don't do it. And so one of the big masters is getting people to shift that mindset so they have a clear path with no blockages to applying the things that they actually know and mm. getting a result. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we do at the B- at BDB Live that we talked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Amanda, you said you were growing up in Ohio. So, you said you didn't really have like a healthy lifestyle growing up, but you were always at the gym. Tell me about that. Well, I was very involved with sports. So, I grew up playing tennis and then I got really involved with volleyball. And like I was planning on going to uh, college to get a volleyball scholarship for that. And then I know this is like super crazy. You guys might actually know about this, that um, 
do you remember when there was like a bill that didn't pass and all high school sports got cut? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that affected my high school. So like, I'm this like volleyball superstar and then that happened and it was like, what? Like, this is so crazy. And so kind of during that time, I I realized what did I really want out of life? Did I really want to go to college um, at like a D2 school with like a volleyball scholarship and like go to college for five, six years and become a, um, I wanted to be a physical therapist. So it's like all these things that I should do. So during that time, I realized, you know what, that's not actually what I want to do with my life. And thankfully I had amazing parents that supported me and they're like, yeah, you don't have to go to college if you don't want to, like you can travel the world and do missions work if you want. And I was like, awesome. That's what I'm going to do. So, oh, so is that um, what you did? Yeah. So we both did. That's really how we got together. Yeah, that's how we got. Okay. So let's hear the story. How how did did you guys guys get together? (laughs) So we both went to an event in Kansas city, um, on December, New Year's Eve, 2010. So we both went there. He came from San Diego with some of his friends. I drove from Ohio, with some of my friends, and there's 30,000 youth there. So it was a very large event. And yeah. Nicholas actually ended up sitting behind me at that event. And uh, we didn't really talk. I do remember seeing him. And then about a month and a half later, we both got accepted into the same ministry school. And I made a post in the Facebook group about this Ferrari jet. And I said, well, if God wants me to do missions work, I want a Ferrari jet. I mean, why not? Right? Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like dreaming big, you know, like She's I just had this like, I was, so I just posted this picture and he was like, he messaged me and he's like, wow, that's so cool. You dream so big. Like, I love that. And then I went to his Facebook and I saw a picture of me. In, on his Facebook. And I was like, dude, that's the back of my head. That was when he <laughs> oh, said that. I was like, was he like a stalker or something? Like, hey, check yeah. out this cute That could have gone either way. Yeah. So he sat behind me at that event and he took a picture. And so I commented on it and we still have it to this day. I'm like, dude, that's Our the back of my head. Our first picture together. Like, commented underneath it. It's like, oh, hey, now we're dating. Now we're engaged. Now we're married. And now we're celebrating seven years of marriage. Like, this is wild. So wow. that's how we met. Brilliant. So do you have a jet? We, we don't, don't have, have a jet, jet. yet. Dang that's, it. That's one thing that's like, well, it just gives us more things to celebrate. Maybe we'll get a that, Ferrari soon. Though. That Facebook post, you know, one day it'll say, now we have a Ferrari. Now we have a Ferrari jet. Maybe that's like the transition, you know, Maybe. now we made it for seven years. So it's, the, it's definitely a progression. gives us something to look forward to. And, and it's not something that we've, we haven't started to dream smaller than when we were 17 years old. I believe so many people do that. They allow the hard work to scare them to start living a life that they say is what they want. I I truly believe in being grateful for what you have today as a couple, what you're going through as you are hungry for what you want more of in the future. And that was a big part of our life. And we went out there after we got together, uh, started dating. We went to 13 different countries serving the poor. And that's really when we found that there's lots of people that wanted to serve the poor that didn't have the finances to be able to go. And we knew that getting together and getting married I now had an obligation and a responsibility to provide for my house as well. So I thought if I could build the skill set of going out there and making money, then I was going to be able to send more people and provide for my family as well. And little did I know that I was going to actually transform the lives of other men across the United States and English speaking countries so far to do the exact same thing, to gain the power and the skill set to be able to provide not just for their house, but for other people's homes as well. Mm, That's so great. That's such a great 
big why, like, like underneath it all, we, we, uh, we have these, these deeper motivations. I love that. It's so you're so connected to yours there. All right. I want to know what was your, tell me a story of like your mission work when you guys were there that you were really like, okay, like this is what I want to be a part of the rest of my life. Yeah. So I'll let Amanda think of hers. I know for me that right off the bat, I saw the people that were out there serving the poor and making a difference. And I saw not the people as much as I saw the people that were out there actually doing the work that I wanted a life like theirs. Mm -hmm. And so that was the people I was surrounding myself with and who you surround yourself with, you absolutely become. And so many times there's people like gang members that hang out with other gang members. And the only way they can be truly loved, accepted and be successful is if they do what's successful in that community's eyes. And even if they have a, a good motivation or bad motivation, they do bad things. I found that if you put people in the right environment, whether they have a good motivation or bad motivation, they still produce a good result. If you only get value for giving, if you just want attention, the only way you're going to get it is through giving. And at least doing it with the wrong motivation gets the right result. And not saying that that's what mine was, but it definitely was. I wasn't thinking so much about just the people I was out there reaching. I thought about the life and the happiness that these people had serving the poor. And I said, I want to do that. If that's where I can make my biggest difference, I want to go out there and do those things. And when we went to these different countries, we went to Bulgaria, Turkey, Greece, France, Scotland, London, South Africa, Mozambique, Africa. And we got to go to these places where people were living in garbage dumps, eating stuff out of the trash, picking up trash as it got dumped and like ciphering through it and getting their clothes from it. When we got to go to Mozambique and go 10 hours out into the middle of nowhere to find these tribes that didn't speak any English whatsoever and how they lived and how much joy that they had when they had just enough and how we could reach more of these people and make an impact in their life if we could just send more people and more resources to be able to do so. It just had my perspective shift where I needed that to figure out what was going to be my internal motivation for building a business. An external motivation is definitely going to be a Ferrari jet or the house that I want or the ability to write a check or something like that. Yet the internal motivation is what I find is much more important. And also it's where we find a lot of our identity. And so it's definitely the thing I needed to see to give me a hunger to push back, just have push past, just having a life that's uh, prosperous enough for myself. That's not enough. Right. It seems like you just wanted to have like, you saw like a little bit of impact, but you wanted to have like an exponential impact. It's like, I see this little bit, like if I feed into this, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and I can make this huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, I realized, wow, I actually don't like not showering for three days and, you know, like living in a tent and having no food. And the only food you get is rice and beans and there's like rocks in it because they don't have like water and like cleaning supplies. And I realized, wow, a lot of people in this world, like that have this huge giving heart, they want to do that. Like that is what they want to do. And I'm like, if they don't have money to fly to Mozambique to be able to help those people, like we should be able to help give those people the resources they need because they actually want to do that. And I don't, but I can give them the money because it is like, it was way like, eye-opening for me to also realize that the people there that had nothing were some of the most joyful, happy people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And then you come here to America where we have so much like abundance and we're like depressed and sad and, you know, I didn't get this goal or, you know, all these different things that are like huge deals in our mind. And it's like, 
well, you have a nice bed to sleep on. Like you have heat, you have air conditioner, like you have so much stuff. And so it's really good for me just even like, remember that now and realize like we have so much to be grateful for and blessed for in this life. Well, and you guys talk about this too. And we love this is like, you guys have to have like a vision or a mission that you're going after. Otherwise, you know, you are going to fall into those things. Like we're bored, we're depressed, we're, you know, all these things. And it's like, well, of course you're bored. Like, what are you, what are you going after? What are you doing? Absolutely. There's a quote that says that without a vision, men perish, like people die. If you look at the Holocaust, people legitimately would stay alive for the hope and the vision they would see family members and people they loved again. And when they caught wind or got a notice that someone in their life had passed away, maybe they had died in a different camp, automatically that person would get diseased, cancer, or die within the next three days. Just from losing the hope of what they held on to. Now, because we live in America and it's tougher to just like, you're not sitting there living off three pieces of rice and hope is the only thing keeping you alive. They have Panda Express down the street that they keep eating every single day that's killing them. Uh, they, <laughs> that's what I see. Yeah, that's what she used mm, Orange da- chicken. Yeah, Danielle's a huge yes. Panda Express fan. Like, I see I see both of you guys telling that, yeah. take the Panda Express away. Don't give that to us during the interview. Like, take it <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm playing with you. So, no, but, I got my energy fizz sticks with all my vitamins in it and everything. No, actually, you, you know what? You, you guys had said said like um that nicholas you kind of started off on the health the health thing and then amanda was still kind of eating her ohio ways and you know we get it the coney dogs and all that stuff um so what was the switch for you amanda like how did you end up being more focused on being fit when nicholas had been doing it for a while and women already want to do this thing, but it was also my way or the highway as well. So that's kind of how. What? Oh, I want to hear Amanda's version of that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, so basically we were on this boat and we, uh, this is when we first, when we moved to Northern California together to go to school and we just got on this boat and I don't know, it was like the first time I was like, wow, like I don't actually feel confident and like taking off my cover up and like showing him my body. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a decision to actually take care of my body and stop, stop like treating it like crap, like eating Taco Bell all the time and all this stuff. And I think it was good too. Cause like we always talk about, it's like you become who you surround yourself with and him and his best friend were extremely healthy, going to the gym every day, meal prepping everything. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. And two, I don't know how to cook. So I'm just going to go sh- grocery shopping with you guys and like eat what you guys eat because I don't know what to do. So it was really, you know, um, the motivation to feel good about myself and feel confident and realize like we're going to get married soon. And like, I want to have that. And so it, it just really changed for me. I think I really wanted to like own that confidence in myself and not saying that like your confidence comes from just what you look like, but it's how you treat your body. So that was my thing. It, which was crazy because I had already bought my wedding dress, which is already a whole nother story. I won't get into it, but like I knew we were going to get married. So I was like, I feel wait, like I should before, go buy a wedding wait, dress. Before he proposed, you had the wedding dress? Oh, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I love it. I love Did it. You this, have, feel, this suddenly feels like an episode of Friends. No, no, no. I was going to say it feels like say yes to the dress. Like she watched it like so many times that she was like, I have to have that one. So I better get it now. Imagine what I, I felt like when she was wet, like 
shopping for a wedding dress and was out with her mom shopping. And I'm like, we've only been dating for like a month. Like, who's she buying this for? Really? Did you think that? No, but I mean, that's what I could have thought. I mean, I was watching. Okay, wait, how long before you guys got engaged, though? It had to be quickly. Yeah, it was. So we actually have a really weird story. Do you, do you know okay, actually let's... how long, like real quick, do you know when you got the dress and when we got engaged? <laughs> yeah. So I got the dress, uh, I think in the beginning of June and then we got engaged in December on New Year's well, Eve. That's a long time to have it sitting and in your closet. We start, dating? we start dating in May. May. So... <laughs> <laughs> was it was it like a was there like a, a big sale was there like a it was like a deal right well like okay it's summer it's like all okay, the wedding seasons like stop, stop i have to hear this what so i'm a big planner like that is my personality i plan everything about my life i plan everything about my day that's just like who i am as a person so it makes it great for like if you need a planner i'm great at that so i think for me i realized that i was like well one i already know he's the one and he knows like i'm the one but we have to date you know what i mean like we were friends for months and we developed this really strong connection and we just knew that we were like meant to be together but we needed to go through the dating process and everything like that and the fact that i was moving and like you know, moving away from my parents. Like I wanted to experience that with my mom. And so like, I just woke up one day and I was like, I feel like I should just buy my wedding dress now. And so we just went to the place and like got it. And I was like, okay, cool. I have that, you know, checked off my list. And you know, whenever you could like chalk it up to like a God whisper or something like, you know, like I was just really in tune with what was going on. And yes, so, so back it up a second, because you said something like, I, I just, I knew he was the one, like, how did you know? Okay. So when I, he can tell his side of the story, cause it's very yeah. similar. But when I was 16, I had a vision of who I was going to marry. And like, I wrote out like this whole list. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he's going to be from California. He's going to like be able to play the guitar. He's got long brown hair. He's got green eyes. Like I wrote out this whole list. And then when we started talking, I didn't even really think about that. And then like a couple months later, after like we developed this really strong friendship, because, you know, I'm in Ohio, he's in San Diego. I like asked him, I was like, wait, are your eyes green? Like I've seen pictures, but like, are they actually green? And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And like, he literally everything about the list of who I was going to marry was he fit everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he really is the one. And my dad already knew. My dad's very in tune. Like he's very like, yeah, yep, he's he's the one. And I was like, Dad, we're just friends, you know, like th- that whole thing. <laughs> wow. And um, and then when that happened, I was just like, wow, like my eyes were like open, and I was like, dude, he is the one. And so I was like, do I tell him? Like in that scenario, like this is so weird. We weren't even dating. We weren't even dating. So I called him up and I told him, Hey, so, you know, I had this vision and like, you're the one. <laughs> and then he and he's take like, it. wait, did, and did I ask you out? Like, <laughs> yeah. So what's even weirder is I, we were talking and, and we were just getting to know each other. We hadn't hung out in person at all at this point. Cause she's in Ohio, but we were talking over Skype, which we didn't even have video at the time. It's like 2010. I was not in a, financial situation to have any type of camera on a computer and so we just were talking over audio and i remember it was i think it was easter it was easter yeah yeah it must have been easter and i remember coming home to my house 
And I remember she was asking, can we talk? And the first thought that went through my head was she's going to call me and she's going to say that, like, that she's basically going to, she's going to tell me that I'm her husband. Like, that's what went through my head. And so I, I acted like a little girl, no offense. And I had like my cell phone, like I had my cell phone and I was like looking at it and I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to call me. And this is my wallet. And I like threw it behind me, <laughs> which that didn't work. I threw it behind me on the floor and I was like, oh my gosh. And then it started ringing and then she <laughs> answered it. And then she told me that. And then I allowed like 10 seconds of silence just to like make her feel Just weird. to freak me out, you know? And I was like, yeah, I already knew you were going to say that. And we just pretty much talked for five hours on the phone cracking up. I think I said, this is so crazy. That's so crazy a million times. Yeah. And from there, we, I was like, I was all logical. She's a feeler. I'm very logical. And I said, you know, maybe in like three years, we'll start dating and then we can get married. <laughs> and she was like, what? And I just thought maybe I should go to school and like get a career first and do something with my life before I go and get married and rush into things. And that's what Amanda already that. has a dress at this point, right? This is right after that. She got the dress. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she hadn't had the dress yet. This is when we just yeah, knew yeah. each other. We started dating and then she got the dress while we were dating, but we were not engaged at all. Like months before we were even engaged, but we knew we were going to get married beforehand. And it wasn't until her dad called me that really started the relationship. I was on etrade.com. Uh, and at this point I was 18 trying to trade stocks and buy homes for cash with money that I didn't have. And I was just looking for deals and just trying to wheel and deal. So I was out there trying to talk big game and I'm on E-Trade or yeah, E-Trade.com. And I get this call from a random 614 number. And I thought, how did E-Trade get my phone number? How do they know I'm on this <laughs> website right now? It's so weird. And so I answer the phone and it's like, Mr. San Diego, like we have this thing coming up and we want to fly you out. And I'm like, this is E-Trade. What the heck's going on? How'd they know? And I was like, who is this? It's like, oh, sorry, this is Amanda's dad and mom. We just wanted to give you a call because a man is getting gradu graduating and we want to fly you out to surprise her so that you're at her graduation. And I was so nervous. I, I didn't really, I was scared of being rejected. They were like, do you want to fly out? And I kind of felt like I had to. So I said, yeah, I'll fly out. And they said, do you want to go home on Wednesday or Thursday? Like meaning, do I want to stay longer or shorter? And I even said at the time, I'll go home on Wednesday because I didn't want to stay that long. And I remember flying out there and surprising her. What did you know? Yeah, we started dating at that point. So we weren't even dating yet. And then I ended up extending my stay a little bit longer because I wanted to stay out there longer. And that's how it all started. That's how we started dating. Yep. Wow. So it sounds we slept like two hours every single night that wow. week. Because we were it. so excited. We were just so out. excited. Oh, and your parents were kind of like I matchmakers. I know. That's a very interesting thing. It, it, it's even crazier than that. Amanda's mom, one, she always wanted a son named Nicholas, but never had one. Two, yeah. So yeah. two, she gets woken up in the middle of the night and she feels like she's supposed to fly us out here, but she went and fly checked. Yeah. Fly me out. She went and checked the airline prices and they were so high that she was like, I must have like heard something wrong. Cause I'm not going <laughs> to buy no ticket for this price. So she goes to bed. She wakes up in the middle or in the morning and tells her husband, Chris, and she went back to go look at the flights that morning. Chris had found a love voucher from Southwest, which gave one free flight at the house that they didn't know they had a love voucher by like the actual name of it. And secondly, the prices had gone down by a third by the time she woke up and they used the voucher for the one way in and they used the, they bought a ticket to fly me back home. 
What? Wow. Okay, now you guys know, you know that you have like the gift of prophecy, right? Yeah. Because like everything in your story is like conceived in like your soul, your mind, everything else. And then later on it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Like how everything happened. Like people always like prophesied different things over me and like everything has come true. So it's very powerful. Like when you, when you hear from God or someone tells you something like, it's just like, keep that. Cause you never know what will happen in a few years. Like that could like, you'll realize that that word then comes to fruition and it'll become a reality. Mm. Now, how did you guys make the shift into like, you guys are having this crazy love story and it's like a whirlwind thing to now you guys, you know, have this business that you're going after. So tell us a little bit about how you just went from like the young married kids to like, now you guys are like this power couple, you know, have your own business, all that. This is very interesting. And I want to hear her perspective because I never get to hear it that often. I'm always the one telling my side of the story. When I get to hear hers, it's very fun. But I will say the one thing that was very different is up to that up to that point, it was a total fairy tale. And when we started a business, we discovered something that was very different and that you needed a skill set. And skill sets didn't randomly happen overnight. And that was one of the hardest things for us was that we went into business and we failed for over three years. Yeah. Totally failed. Never made more than $3,000 in a month. And from people that had seen all these amazing things happen, we thought that it must have been something that was wrong with us. We must have been out of our purpose, out of our alignment, that we must have been doing something wrong. And if we just would have hoped more, dreamed bigger, like almost a lottery mentality, then at some point we would get lucky and become rich and be influential and be able to help people. And that was a very hard thing to get over. And that, that really hurt us for a while, it really destroyed my mindset, really made me feel like, what's wrong with me? But I would love to hear your side of the story, honey, of like, how did we go from this newly married couple to going into business and then now speaking on stage like FHL? Well, we really wanted to work together. We didn't want to have to be apart. Both of our love languages is quality time. Um, mine's physical touch and his is... Um, acts of service, but we both have quality time as like a top one. And so we just always wanted to be together. So we're like, well, what we, what can we do? And so my parents actually introduced a network marketing company to us that was health related. And it was like this health challenge. And that's how we met Brandon and Kaylin and a bunch of other people that are in, um, you know, the FHL community. And we were like, okay, well, let's try this thing out. We, we both have had major health transformations. Like, let's see if we can create a business out of this and helping other people. And uh, that's how we got started. But yeah, like we struggled for a while and trying to figure out like what really is like our purpose and like what's our, like, how do we actually make money and sell people? And so it was like a big learning curve, but that's why we got into business together was to be able to be together, help other people and, um, you know, just live life on our own terms and give back. And that's where we really came up with this definition of a power couple, having two, we had, we were two people with two separate visions that when we got married, we created one common vision that we use our skills, talents, and abilities to get to that one common vision. And it allows both parties, no matter what they do in life to enroll in that vision and be clear on why we're doing what we're doing. So when I have to work late, let's say, I know that we have an event coming up. And so because of that, I'll be working pretty late. If I were to do that without her knowing why, she would just think that she's not sexy, she's unloved, like he doesn't want to spend time with me, what's up, he must like his work more than me, because there's really no 
reason I've showed her of why I'm doing this. Why does this contribute to our future? But if she knows that if we do this event, we do it correctly, it's going to get us one step closer to the common vision that we have together. Now I can do the same actions and she goes to bed going, wow, he loves me so much. It's so crazy. But the majority of couples out there don't have that at all. Yeah. You use the word alignment and it's so true. the, The level of communication it takes to get to that place where you have the shared vision and you're staying on the same page and you're, you're, you're continuing to aim at the same thing so that when there's, there's tension, when there's things that are pulling us in different directions, we, we still have the confidence, the security in the relationship and the intimacy is still there to, to, to know, okay, I uh, like, I'm going to arrest this story that I'm creating about why Daniel's so distant Why you're, or, not or sexy, so busy, you're like i am sexy yeah. that is not the story <laughs> no. You are sexy, no i'm talking about amanda in this situation that's what yeah. nicholas so, was saying but i love and, too it's like once you put like both of you both of your power behind yeah. it it's like the impact is so much more than if like one person is like beelining for it. Like Nicholas, you know, you're staying, you're pulling the all nighters and everything. And Amanda's kind of like trying to put on the brakes or, you know, something like that. It's like, but if she puts her weight behind it too, the impact is going to be so much greater. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we really got focused on what are the things that we didn't want? And this is something I don't see anyone do really. And when I, when we first got married, we said, what don't we want? Cause we didn't know what we wanted. The majority of people that I talk to in life, they don't actually know what their purpose is calling, what their unique skill set's going to be, what, how they're going to gain that skill set. They don't know that, but what they do know is the life that they don't want to live. Even if they've seen someone else do it before they go, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. And so what we did is we first X out the areas of our lives that we didn't want to live. We didn't want to be apart. We didn't want to be working separate jobs. So the only logical decision was to create a business together, not two businesses apart, but we already had a non-negotiable. We don't want to live that life. So what are our options left with the life that we do want to live? And it really limited the decisions we can make. And I love limiting decisions because I don't want all the decisions in the world. So really getting clear as a couple, what is the life that you don't want to live? And then making sure you look at what what, what other options are left with really looking at what are you good at? What do you like to do? What are you good at? What do you like to do? And it fits with what I want in my life. It very much so limits almost every decision out there. I love how passionate you guys are. Like, I just want to kind of wrap up on this. I'm just wondering, what are you guys passionate about? And like, obviously you probably already have the prophetic word in your head, but what are you guys going after next? Well, one thing that we're going after next, and this is something that um, has laid on my heart, obviously we love helping men and what we're doing is helping men to also then empower the women in their life, which we love. Um, But we also want to do some couples stuff, you know, talking more and just creating a place for couples to be able to thrive. Um, I think that's one of the saddest things that breaks my heart is seeing divorce so just popular and so rampant. And also like the idea of marriage in our generation is very much so like looked down upon, um, Mm. which is sad. It's like, why is that looked down upon? It's like, if you get married, it's like not fun anymore and you can't accomplish as much. Like, it's almost like you need to like accomplish and be super successful at like until you're like 40 and then you can get married like as a man or like as a woman you like have to once your life is over exactly and and i i know we're in our 40s i shouldn't say that (laughs) (laughs) well i think people also say that about kids as well um 
And so anyway, that's just something that I'm really passionate about and something that we want to do more so is just like empowering the couples and bringing the wives in of the guys we already help and doing like retreats and, and providing just like a fun, safe place to be honest and not have to put on the show. Cause I feel like a lot of relationship people, it's like, oh, we don't have any problems. And I'm like, but like, that's not like, I mean, that's cool, but I feel like that needs to be like talked about. Like there has to be some type of like conflict that you ever experienced. Do you know what I mean? So that's something that I, I'm really passionate about. And for me, I'm very big on starting like with the most important things first. So the most important thing in my journey is transforming myself and continually growing. The next one is pouring into my relationship. The next one is pouring into my family and people that are like family to me. And then my friends and then outwardly to the community that we have. And I'm consistently focused on those things because if I do those in the correct order, it's where I'm not living a life based on perception, meaning that a lot of people, they'll teach people that are way out there that follow them on Instagram that don't know who they are, while the people that are closest to them don't respect them. And I'm always leery of those people. I'd rather have respect and closeness with myself, with my relationship, with my family, with my friends, and outward to the people that are in my network and the people that are quote unquote followers in people's minds. So I'm continually impacting that way. I'm just really grateful to be in a place where there's so much education, so many great mentors out there. And so that I can consistently hone my skill sets to make an impact myself and outwards from there. And I have some pretty big goals that I'm excited to hit. Uh, but more than anything, it doesn't happen without first doing those things, mm. becoming a master of what you do. And, and one of the things that we talked about with our event coming up is that my main thing that I want to help the men do is there's so many men that are scared of what do I actually master? Like, what do I actually get good yeah. at? Because a jack of all trades and a master of nothing is never going to get you the income you want. It's never going to get you the impact that you want because you may know how to ski a little bit and fix the sink a little bit and drill a little bit, but there's someone out there that actually knows how to do those well. And we'll always hire those people over someone who's okay. So what do you go all in on first off that you have the capacity to have massive increase in? It's like me showing Michael Jordan at 20 years old. Hey man, you've never played basketball before, but if you did that, this is where you'll grow. And then helping them shorten the gap of mastery so that it doesn't take 30, 40 years, like we think it does, but shortening it into one to five years to become the best in the world at the trade that they already have the capacity to be really great at. And that is something that I'm super passionate about because I believe every person has the capacity to do great things, but if they don't get put in the right environment, they'll never end up actually seeing that gift come out. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So you talked about the event. All right. So give us, give us the details about your event and really like where we can find you guys on socials and website and all that stuff. So you guys are listening to a podcast right now. um, So you can get connected with our podcast, uh, BDB, Billion Dollar Body. Um, You can also follow us on social media. That's where Nicholas and I have a lot of fun, which we need to connect with you guys on Instagram if we're not. Um, so at Nicholas Barely, at Amanda Barely, and then the live event is bdblive.com. So it's June 14th through 16th. Um, I'll be speaking at it, which I'm really excited about. And then we have some other great um, entrepreneurs, all seven-figure business owners that embody the mission that we like to teach all of our guys and like the, what the brotherhood really stands for. And so we have Brandon Poulin speaking. Um, we have some other really cool people that are coming in like uh, Navy SEALs and some Super Bowl winners as well. So just a, just a really awesome time, which I I love it because I get to like see the impact and, um, see the guys really 
you know, just go to the next level. And so it's nice to see like more married couples that are like coming into the community because I feel like, um, you know, we used to have a lot of single guys. And now I think, cause like us being together, we attract a lot more married couples. So it's fun. Yeah, it's the place where the man can finally get into a place for a short amount of time to make that profound impact in himself. There's two different types of, of moments. There's inconsequential moments in every man's life and there's defining moments. And generally for June 14th to 16th, if you think about what men will be doing on those days, the majority of them are inconsequential moments, moments that really don't make a difference in their life. And what I ask them is to go look at the event page, BDB Live, look at what's going on and ask themselves, is this an inconsequential or defining moment for them? And when they realize it's a defining moment that they would go all in on themselves to be able to go meet other brothers that are like them, get educated in the areas that they can grow so that they can make that, that defining moment and shift that they'll remember forever. And that's what we do at BDB Live is create that moment, a defining moment. Oh, it's so Fantastic. good, you guys. Oh, that's going to be so, so awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us and for sharing some of your story and just for going after that, that vision, that mission of impact that uh, God's put in your hearts and that you've, you've been chasing together. I just, I love what you're up to and I can't wait to see what's next and what's after that and what's after that. And I, I'm just excited for, for, uh, what, what's possible, uh, as you, as you keep stepping out in faith and keep following that vision. I have confidence in the Ferrari jet for you guys. I have full <laughs> confidence in it. Thank you guys I, so I much. I have full confidence that Danielle will be trying to hitchhike on that. Yeah, needs a ride. <laughs> All right, hey, thanks, we're guys. Fly, you might as well fill up the jet, right? So it's like, right. it we'll get gas. Or two people. Don't yeah. say we'll get gas. Shoot, that, that's probably pretty expensive. I don't know. Yeah. All right, you guys. No, more, no, I mean it's not like Ferrari has special fuel. Oh, okay, whatever. Well, you still have, to have a jet. You have to use jet fuel though for jets. So oh that's yeah, gonna be oh, yeah. That's tricky. All right, you there guys. There goes dumping out the lawnmower tanks. No, no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for being on the show. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Appreciate you guys. I love in that everything that they do, they are just going for it, like yeah. all out. Like, okay, we're going to be missionaries. All right, we're going to 10 countries. We're going to do it. All right, we're starting a business. We're going to be making over a million dollars. Okay, we're, she wants to have the Ferrari jet. She's working on it. So, I mean... Is it like a Ferrari red jet or is it like Ferrari makes jets? I like, I don't I even know. I thought maybe it was Ferrari makes jets, because, but I don't know anything really about Ferraris or jets. So I can't what I love, speak to it. What I love about Nicholas and Amanda is like, they're just genuine and sweet and kind and, and they're, they're making an impact in the lives of other people. They're building a life, a business, making an impact, an exponential one. Yes. They're making it happen. Okay, yeah. so here is the talk about it segment of the show. What? Is and now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we bring you a conversation starter so that you can have a conversation with your spouse. All that right. matters. What is your big dream as a couple? This makes me think, okay, those pretty woman fans out there. Whoa, do you remember this? Woman. You remember the guy that in the beginning and in the end, he walks and goes, What's your dream? Yeah. What's your dream? So he's asking everybody, what's your dream? And that's what we're asking you this week. What's your dream as a couple? Yeah. Dreaming is important. It is not frivolous. It's, it's how we start to figure out where we're going next. 
I love it. And as always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more in our free community on Facebook. So come join us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. That's it. Thanks for listening to the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.